Hey, welcome to episode 82 of the Thodcast, conversations about animation. And I'm your host, Philip Elke, coming to you from northern Minnesota. Today, I'm joined by two particular individuals joining from the same spot, even the same screen. Uh, They are very special indeed. And this is going to be a whole family affair today on the Thodcast. Please welcome a uh, longtime co-host, my brother, Dawson. Dawson Elke, how are you today, Dawson? Can you not hear me? Oh, good. Good. Thanks for having us. Yes. Yes. And no, I can. I just replied. No, it, it was a, a delay, but I'm, I'm dealing with some internet issues here. So I'm oh, dear. A bit, a bit worried. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, but then let's also get to our very special guest. Um, I have the pleasure to introduce my sister-in-law, Jillian. Jillian Elke. How are you, Jillian? Hello. I'm good. Good. Glad to be here. Yeah. First time on the podcast, so very well, excited. Yeah. Don't uh, be intimidated or, I don't know, shy and, and all that good be stuff. Be afraid. <laughs> be afraid. Be, uh... <laughs> you will be. You will be. Um, this is uh, <laughs> this is the Mitchells versus the Machines uh, from Netflix and Sony Pictures, Sony Pictures Animation uh, from the year 2021. Brand new movie released direct to streaming, and it'll be fun to talk about just the three of us. So um, let's just start into some family. As an Elkie family. Uh, feuding <laughs> the Elkie family. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, Dawson, da- you, when, when did you guys first hear about this movie? Or I don't know. Is this anything When you that's been on mentioned that you were doing the podcast, I had no idea it existed till then. Jillian? I actually watched it one time before this. Well, I half watched it while I was nannying because my nanny kid really wanted to watch it. She really enjoyed it for as long as she could pay attention with her wonderful three-year-old brain. So that was the first time I half watched it. And then I got to watch it a second time more closely for this. Nice. You nanny, I, th- I thought it was two kids. I'm not sure. Yes. Is yep. it two? Um, but it was just the one kid who was watching this movie? Yeah, the one-year-old. Okay. Is as well as he actually watches movies. He's usually just like playing with toys <laughs> and not paying attention super well. Sometimes he does. There you go. There not you this go. one, really. Well, that's, <laughs> <it's>, uh, <laughs> yeah, one one years old. I mean, there's certainly plenty of um, connection that you can derive from infant relationships but uh it's you know different of a different strain and a different vein than perhaps sharing (laughs) right Uh, he's not super interested in college yet so (laughs) no uh when i so this movie deals with a family of four um, a father mother daughter and son and then also the uh the dog the pug manchi our protagonist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Yes. 
A, very, a familiar face, despite a, being an entirely new original character for this, seems to kind of play on that trope that's been very much in fashion fashion lately, um, like the googly-eyed character. I don't you see that with like Forky, and yeah. there's that like seal yeah. from Finding Dory, uh, and of course, Hey Hey, the chicken from oh, Moana. Yeah. Moana. Uh, oh, so that... That's, uh, I was thinking that pug. I was like, I swear I've seen this pug in another movie. <laughs> it's an appealing archetype, but certainly I didn't find it to be the most profound necessarily. Uh, but it, it was effective nonetheless. I don't know. There, there's a lot to love about the Mitchells versus the Machines because I feel like it's a very ambitious film. But I, I don't know if it's always the most original at times. So it was, we'll just have to get into it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, good that um, we've got some people fresh off the, uh, the viewing, uh, you know, coming into this with some, some fresh eyes. Um, it's, this is same studio essentially that did like Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse produced by Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who are, I think they, were a directorial duo behind Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs, at least the first one, mm-hmm. and also the Lego, the first Lego movie as well. Um, they had some writing credits among the pair of them uh, involved in Spider Verse and Lego Movie Two. Famously directed uh, the, um, a Solo, a Star Wars story. Oh, the one we well, never saw. Part of it. <laughs> Release the Lord Miller cut. Yeah, yeah, they were credited as producers on that. They they didn't quite get the shared director's credit with Ron Miller because they they were axed fairly quickly. Yeah, they also did the new Twenty One Jump Street, right? That's right. I haven't seen those. Then, oh my gosh, what do you? What? (laughs) That's an old movie now. Um, well, it's based uh, on like uh, old TV shows. So. Correct. Yeah. It's, it's old. Uh, it's old. It's relatively old, no. new. Did you watch that <laughs> in high school? Because um, you were a bad kid. Some people had it on at a party after prom. Had it on. Oh. But my my date was like, "This movie is bad. We should leave." And I was too much of a your date a is a lame. <laughs> he was such a weenie. So ah. yeah, I sh- I, we should have stayed and just watched it. I ended up watching it later. It was all right. Interesting. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I it, it's probably not as crude as as some you know adult comedies, but no, it's kind of funny. Like me, Pete, folks our age and with a similar upbringing in like our preteen teenage years hangover comes out and we go whoa so inappropriate can't watch that and now post-college you watch the hangover the hangover is a very interesting film about a group <laughs> of friends who who discover their innermost anxieties and like deal with the aging and life and family like yeah, we yeah. i don't know it's just it's funny that like there's a lot to say about uh some of these films that we used to just write off as a there's a garbage i don't know well like, there's a lot of arbitrary kind of boundary making with you know conflating like the rating system with some sort of almost like moral standard of of content viewing uh but you know every parents you know they they have to uh make up their minds quickly and so they, they have to resort to various shorthand and so 
Yeah. Oh yeah. No, nothing. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. and kids are always trying to. Kids are trying. Kind of. Well, they're like. Kids will find a way. Oh, you've seen that movie? Well, I've seen this movie, Ooh. and it's a big deal back in those days. <laughs> so true. Not so much anymore. Well, this is a family movie. This is a PG. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Philip, I guess take it, take it away. Where do you want to? Where do you want to? Yeah. Go on this adventure of discussion. Yeah, coming in at a healthy hour and fifty-three minutes. It's a three D animated film with a lot of two D hand drawn elements as well. It's probably similar amount to what you find in Spider Verse. It's kind of a hybrid. That, I, that thing. surprises me. I didn't. Why? Why even bother if no one's going to notice the two D hand drawn effects? Like. Well, I mean, there's all the like Napoleon Dynamite cartooning and, and that kind of thing. Well, and that's not even hand drawn. That's just all digital art, right? It's hand drawn on hand drawn on yeah. pen and paper. Pa- hand drawn. You're kidding. Well, uh, you know, when it comes to that, either it's, you know, because it's a, it's 2D art that's rendered via a stylus or of some sort or maybe a pen and then scanned into a computer. It depends on the artist, really, whether mm. that style of animation is done purely using devices or if you know the artist does prefer to work on a physical medium, um, you know, they'll mm. maybe sketch it out on paper first and then scan it. Well, that'd be cool if they did it, if they did really do it all by hand, because that's, you know, what the teenager with her notebook, you know, would have been doing, what that real, that would, that should have made it feel more live. I just assumed nothing is nothing was actually 2D hand physically done, but yeah, no, um, maybe I wasn't paying close enough attention. Lot, lots of uh, those sketchy, you know, 2D effects. Um, the, the cutaways, the the, uh, the Katie vision, as filmmakers mm-hmm. refer to it. Um, yeah, a lot of people I, worked on this film. Um. I mean, you take us away on the adventure, but I guess my question too would be like your overall impression of the style, the visual style and the artistic decisions that they made in the film uh, for the film overall in its presentation. Um, if that wasn't too verbose. It's, yeah, um, there's a certain aesthetic that seems to be coming increasingly into fashion uh, where it's very mm. um, almost neon-esque. Uh, and then, like, there's the character designs have their own unique flavor. Uh, if if I were, you know, wanting to be satirical and hyperbolic, I would say they're but ugly. They're uh, <laughs> but, but no, I I don't think it's quite that. I, they do kind of remind me of like Bob's Burgers, which which is like but ugly but and ugly. supposed to yeah. be. <laughs> yep. I think that's the. You know, yeah, um, we loved the dad. I, I thought he was drawn with a, a crap ton of appeal, yeah, um, yeah, he, <laughs> yeah, and just the most perfect dad bod, yeah, yeah. He's uh, dad. yeah, very rotund on top, you know, that his that, head is yeah. just delicious, tiny legs, <laughs> yeah, it's great, jaw, beard. His I, eyes are too close together. I love Rick, <laughs> I love Rick, yeah, he's. Incredible. Mm-hmm. I, I actually recently saw the movie, you know, Confession, Twilight for the first time. Um, and no oh, way. <laughs> um, my favorite character from that was easily the dad, Carlisle. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Dad. He's such a badass. 
and uh mm. you know, he's I... the one all the ladies want really <laughs> oh actually yeah i was thinking of bella's dad he's oh the oh i thought you did mean <laughs> bella's dad no, no. oh are you talking about did you edward's mean edward's dad, dad? Franduil? the okay yeah. well oh. okay well they're both they're both awesome and um but yeah edward's dad is the, is the MVP. because he's mm-hmm. like he's the one vampire... that was snack edward's dad is cool i mean i'm not talking about looks i'm just talking about like you know compassion and um you know generosity and you know his ability to exercise restraint and you know the the whole vegetarian yeah. vampire interesting character ethos. <laughs> interesting character yeah uh, oh yeah but yeah uh, no, I as, mean, the, as the patriarch of that family yeah the, he's the one who had to make all those decisions in the first place um you know that they were going to choose to live this way or whatever and yeah he always yeah. seemed interesting it's just funny because he's like the most mature and like definitely in charge but also looks like he's 20 he looks weird <laughs> True. well yeah. yeah but that's all right who's that is it edward's now. sister who's like nine times hotter than bella ever it's was not, yeah both of his sisters which one honestly. i like alice I think he has multiple yeah, yeah alice, is alice is a cutie and then um, yeah that blonde sister there's another one i don't know who has like a crush on Been him a while. right <laughs> you can talk about how hot guys are too in front of me um, that's sorry <laughs> who's the hottest guy in i can't i don't even know jacob obviously with no. the hair this is uh, we're on we're i like taylor lautner as a person we always get so sidetracked on these things but it is funny that you mentioned vampires because we're i'm really wanting to watch 30 days of night soon so maybe i don't think there's any animation in that film but <laughs> anyway uh, yeah, but yeah the twilight the, yeah the, well you brought it up, characters so are very point, i i just you know two dad characters that i, I really found compelling between uh, these, mm-hmm. you know, couple movies I've seen lately, um, the <laughs> and and I found this to be a better movie overall. But um, the yeah, art styles very rubbery characters, not very realistic compared to like Pixar, Disney. The squash and stretch animation is is taken mm-hmm. to the max, um, but uh, the characters still look fine. They look good. Um, and are um, very well performed and fleshed out in a appealing and I mean I, I really like the younger brother too like he he was surprisingly yeah yeah mm-hmm. but it didn't feel like they shortchanged any of the care any of the family members and I was I was assuming I was prepared to write off the younger brother as nothing more than just like kind of baggage right. uh, but he was fun his voice sounded like he was 20 but um it was a it was still a charming voice to listen to so you you looked up who the voice actor was and found out something interesting didn't you yeah oh gosh i'm gonna butcher what he actually does you might know more philip but Mm. this is probably his first is this his first first he didn't even have a picture because Mm. he's the director of something else he's but oh oh, oh, um, gravity falls Falls. yeah um oh and the director Gravity. Oh, okay. He's, he's, he worked on Gravity Falls and mm-hmm. a lot of things. He's the originator. I nothing but good things about Gravity Falls. Okay. Uh, I I'm not a big like television animation person, honestly. Um, I well, I don't watch I never a ton have, of TV and either. Is mm-hmm. when people recommend things like Adventure Time or Gravity Falls or anything in that vein, don't you kind of automatically just 
zone out and like not be interested because I definitely am um, well, until then we finally followed the over the garden the wall recommendation because it's well very digestible with only you know nine episodes that are 10 minutes long and um you know loved that so yeah a lot of we'll have to stuff, do gravity ball someday maybe yeah but a lot of stuff is just very eccentric and i don't know doesn't you know it doesn't adhere episode to episode everything just kind of resets um, I, I, I will watch yeah. Rick and Morty because I think there's just a, enough interesting stuff going on within each of the individuals that uh, individual episodes that keeps me invested. Um, mm. and, and the show will arbitrarily decide whether to maintain a consistent thread throughout or not. Um, uh, they're very self-aware mm. about what they're doing. It at draws all attention to it. Okay. Yeah. 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 That sounds fun. Other shows, you know, they'll pick up threads and drop threads just willy-nilly. Um, and it's just all for the sake of mm-hmm. the gag. You know, there's it's it's just it's wacky right. humor based. I don't know. Um, and this is kind of like that, mm-hmm. similarly anarchic. Um yeah. Um I, I liked the contra I think I liked the contrast between the human characters and their art style and then the cyberpunk world of the of the phone army um i really like the colors and shapes and um it looked really uh, very tron legacy and just everything was like so clean the angles and the colors really achieving that sort of ipad ergonomic minimalist perfection um that's like jarring but kind of cool to look at at the same time um but what what was our we came up with a good phrase that was our consensus for how we felt about the film as kind of a general impression um jillian how we enjoy we both enjoyed the film a lot i think but that we aren't sure we feel at home in the modern world yeah yeah just the the style of everything and um yeah it's well it's it it felt very fresh and new and modern but I feel like I'm increasingly becoming more and more behind the times on what's popular and stuff so it felt very like (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh yeah right out of the gate the way it opens with um this is me. This is my dad. He looks like that ape meme. And then they show the ape meme over his and put it over. I was like, oh gosh. Oh no. Here we go. What are we doing? Like, I, yeah. My fear is that movies, and I don't, I fear is it, it's just evolution, probably, but that like the short form internet video is going to infect long form cinema and that we'll be watching full-length movies that are that are tiktoks we'll be watching full-length tiktoks someday i mean Um, they definitely kept the pacing very clippy throughout this movie because i think they know that hmm. i mean they know what people are watching and they know what kind of entertainment kids are watching these days it's all very quick and super hyperactive so many kids tv shows are like episodes that are only three to five minutes long (laughs) Yeah. Right. For example, so I mean, the attention spans are shrinking. <laughs> and yeah, just all lots of 
cuts and superimposing uh, uh superimpositions and yeah you know well, references to memes and all that stuff it's like it, it had it was this blend between like a family a fun family you know drama vacation you know vacation style film and then like everything about the modern world of the internet which is you know kind of important because one of the themes was just like what our phones what is, what is the phone doing to our family and mm -hmm. you know you kind of felt the the war between i mean it's right there in the title you know mitchell's versus machines and it's, it was funny because our, our parents referred to our technological addictions they called technology machines you know, whether oh, it was did. game systems or, or phones or whatever, you and your machines. And there was always this war between the family and the machines, it, uh, mm. it seems like. And, and yeah, it's a very, you're definitely dating yourself using that kind of lingo. Yeah. For, um, you know, modern technology, the, the most current devices and computing devices, technology that we have. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. I mean, even that seems kind of dated. I don't know. But, uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's commenting on it, but it's also um, playing into it. Uh, yeah, it's uh, well adopting the style. And so it, it's having right. its cake and eating it too, if you will. <laughs> right. I mean, she's going to film school, you know? Yes. <laughs> so, and something I thought, well, so style wise, we thought a lot of it felt mm -hmm. very modern. But then some of it that felt more familiar was her style of things that she made and some of those little uh things they'd cut to like when the car was flying going airborne and stuff and it cut to what was it rick mitchell's something rick, special oh the rick, rick mitchell special oh, i don't know and then yeah, the, the like little banjo music was playing and the animals were dancing mm, yeah. for like two seconds that style of like it looks like it was drawn in a sketchbook or Mm -hmm. sketched on somebody's converse sneakers yeah you know that felt like <laughs> like napoleon was, dynamite the, yeah that felt like what was popular a long time ago. ssx on tour or when the I album art for oh gravity school. by switchfoot yeah yeah, yeah like, that felt slightly outdated and then i was thinking oh maybe this is what the this is how the kids still express themselves they're like oh, i'm edgy and i'm still gonna draw on my sneakers and on my hands and the kids still do that, I guess. I mean, it's that. I think it is that, but like, it's all digital. Like, I'm gonna, well, she, I'm gonna open up my drawing pro. Well, she was doing it all physically in notebooks. Yes, absolutely. And on her, she had and she in drawn her, her hands, and she had like it looked like her nail polish was mm -hmm. drawn on with a sharpie. It's multimedia. Yeah, it's multimedia. Um, <laughs> you know, not every people didn't. Kids, when they were doing that kind of uh, anarchic graffiti art in their notebooks, they didn't have devices immediately accessible. True. But now we do, so we can we can mm -hmm. we can take all those impulses and we can do them on computers. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Well, cool, it's, which is cool. Well it's very free form because this girl is, uh, you know, the the narrator. Um, voiced by Abby Jacobson of um, mm -hmm. Broad City fame, primarily. Uh, I think she's one of the creators of that show as well. Uh, but yes, she, you know, I guess that it lends itself to this very loose, you know, Chuck Jones, Tex Avery, you know, Looney Tunes style. 
Um, and I know uh, I, I, we got to have Jillian back on to talk about the Goofy movie at, at some point. Yeah. Or a Goofy movie, yeah. I guess. Your expertise. <laughs> we'll do, we should do both of them. I don't, not necessarily or in the same both. session, but. Or we could do both in the same session. Because this was the Goofy movie. Well, we'll talk about it. It was so similar. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah, we get to that. Well, I mean, well, very, <laughs> hopefully soon, uh, and it's it's a great summer flick. But um, yeah, this it's oh, I, I thought this yeah. was very similar, and even similar levels of like just general cartoonishness and, and plausibility. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The art, the characters, the motivations, the arc, and plausibility—all all the same. Yeah. And like plot points. Kind plot of. plot wise, it was the goofy movie and the extremely goofy movie combined yeah okay. the college road trip but then the the teenager versus the dad drama like it was mm-hmm. both of them combined it was really funny um uh yeah and, i'm too passionate about the goofy movie. well some of these it's things <laughs> that, that's maybe why some of this movie rang a, a little hollow for me because it just it felt bit too tropey and familiar in some ways i don't know if you felt the same way mm. that that feeling i i liked almost the sense of familiarity yeah. it was like sort of in in weird way re, like reassuring but i think the part that rang the part that rings hollow for me and maybe this is a personal problem but i just i don't relate to the the character who who thinks they're weird anymore oh, okay. like mm. um I'm so weird. Nobody understands me. I I don't. That doesn't do anything for sure, me anymore. Exactly. Just because everyone is weird now, and everyone can go on Reddit and find their people, and um, well, like, and the the sheer everyone's gonna have their own wing of an art school named after them. <laughs> yes, yeah. right. <laughs> which which, but then uh, I really liked that how then but the emph- the emphasis wasn't as much on how she was weird but how everyone in the family had their weirdness in a sense or like the family was weird and it was dysfunctional compared to the instagram perfect family i guess and you know they were they just needed to try to understand each other better and it seemed almost it seemed like over exaggerated the where you know the way the dad would actively ignore and kind of dismiss anything that she ever attempted but i they have to do that because they don't have time you know we don't to show every example in her life of her dad you know not being interested in her stuff or you know her her not being interested in her stuff it was really i don't know if it was all just like i'm the one who feels weird and everyone is against me i would have been bored mm. but the way it was just about like all of us needing or like too quickly dismissing and not paying attention to and giving time to each other that was um that was great i don't know i thought i thought they told that story pretty well mm-hmm. um yeah yeah jillian i don't know yeah. what did rick do did, did we know like well like what's his career like no we don't know anything <laughs> about like any and he apparently doesn't use computers at all so maybe he really is some mountain man um we don't yeah we never knew how he and his wife met like how they why they were a match for each other she's um, a first grade teacher she's a teacher yeah right and he built that house he built a house somewhere that for whatever reason they had to leave he was i i figured he was well you know when the movie started out i was piecing everything together didn't 
they establish eventually that they are living in Michigan and she wants to go to school in California. Um, and I thought maybe that she was uh, 15. I just heard that instead of 18. But uh, no, it's I, I double checked on. I, I had a handy dandy uh, wiki page op open uh, to, mm. you know, to the actual like, I think fandom wiki for this film, um, which had like all the relationships and the ages and everything. Um, so glad I had that as a reference. And then I, I took a bunch of notes as well, but um, the, um, you know, he, he just seems to be like this conservationist and, and maybe doesn't have like a full-time uh, like job. And maybe he just does like freelance work for various kind of outdoors types uh functions but who knows um but he drives this you know 1993 That's station way provides what, what yeah. what's that did the what did you say Julie? oh i said and the first grade teachers providing for the family yeah that's kind of <laughs> maybe so not super plausible but you know, good for her. She worked. She found a good school. It's it depending on your community. It's po <laughs> it's possible enough. I mean, some people are, some parents are like both teachers. Even you know. Well, uh, that's that's different than working. one. <laughs> yeah. Did did the film decide whether the dad was competent or incompetent, or was he both? And I don't just in his niche interests, like outdoorsy. Well, no, because he he's clearly a master architect and construction worker yeah, he, for building that that house in the beginning like he carved a very perfect little moose out of wood but he couldn't like trap a possum you know that's yeah yeah that, yeah like they made him they made him look brilliant and like an oaf maybe an equal number of times which you know that that's probably fairly realistic i mean i think he's a very national lampoon dad vibes <laughs> But I mean, very entertaining character. Then. Yeah, I mean, maybe he works for the parks department or something. Uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, uh, interesting choice of vehicle, of course. I, I, I both loved it and was sort of like perplexed oh, by yeah. it. Why anyone? <laughs> it was yeah, just chosen because it's iconic, right? Like that that's the car we need to have in the family apocalypse. Right. You know, it, in, in the game, the 8-bit um computer game you can get called the Oregon Trail, which is the zombie apocalypse version of the Oregon Trail. That's what you drive nice. with your family. Oh. Um, yeah, I I mean, as far as I know, this is an original concept from Mike Rianda. Uh, and he also, of course, voiced Aaron. Um, and then there is a credited co-director as well, uh, Jeff Rowe, um, and then you know, Phil Lord and Chris Miller had some creative input, but I don't think they're credited as writers on this. Um, I should check to see who who the writers are. Mike Rianda, Jeffro, Alex Hirsch was a story consultant. Uh, Alex Hirsch created Gravity Falls. Um, but yeah, that, yeah, it's. Uh, the, I mean, it's a hideous vehicle. This this station wagon, but also beautiful at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> um, and and I guess that's sort of the the paradox that embodies the Mitchells uh, as, in general, I guess, the kind of the, th the crux of this film <laughs> that this dysfunctional family is, yes. you know, is a thing that that is 
you know worthy of being celebrated and it is beautiful the the connection because humans aren't worthy and valuable and beautiful in spite of their flaws but because of their flaws Uh, yeah i mean i guess that was the theme explicitly stated explicitly stated by those two uh, malfunctioning robots they (laughs) literally said something oh i wish i remembered it yeah no they i think at the end they're sketching and they're like it so it was your flaws that saved the day or it no they were talking about themselves oh but i mean it's our flaws that make us very worthy i guess a lot of the robots just totally went um you know battle droid like did you know deactivated (laughs) once the mothership was destroyed um yeah, those two characters were pretty, were very kind of an on the nose uh, parallel to the themes of the story where, you know, the the army, the perfect robots are all just this uniform mass. And then the minute the two become defective, then they develop personalities and then they can, then they're people you want to hang out with and are real people. Um, so they're, they're definitely made fun and cool and interesting characters because they are, and only because they are flawed. Um, um, and they were fun. I thought Rosencrantz and Guildenstern were were pretty fun. Yeah, uh, I, I liked the idea of the coupon for learning how to drive stick. I don't oh, know, yeah. it was a fun that was little. Cute. I feel yeah. like learning to drive stick is a, is a fun skill, but uh, I, I understand yeah. if that's not necessarily practical for everyone because like not very many cars are stick anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. I she learned extremely quickly too. <laughs> I think if that were me driving and she was driving in a very stressful situation by herself and if it went in any way how my first time driving stick went the car would have just overheated and died and I would have stopped before the little jump and Ooh. I would not have made it over for a Rick Mitchell special Ooh. and the robots would have gotten me <laughs> maybe oh. maybe some scenes were it cut. didn't go well yeah, yeah, maybe that was cut out. Oh, all yeah. the grinding and stalling. Um, <clears throat> did you ever master it? Can no, I did. I did oh. not. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, maybe they, while driving, got to do a couple more lessons that we didn't get to see. That would make sense. I know what I was going to talk about. Uh, the The Incredibles, where this movie was like explicitly advertised in like the one trailer I saw. Uh, from Netflix that as like the the anti Incredibles. <laughs> uh, I mean, not not like they were anti Incredibles, but you know, like they oh yeah they said mm-hmm. you in the trailer like you don't have to be incredible to save the world. Um, and of course, this is family oh. war. Um, and you even have like similar oh yeah this this technological threat and and the same exact like visualization of these force fields and these emitters that that project this you know field around objects and are used to teleport or you know transport things so i don't know it's very stylistically similar there but effective i thought mm. yeah yeah, absolutely. And and of course, uh, Incredibles. You know the the. You know you're dealing with a world where superheroes exist, so it's very heightened, um, but much more 
well, I don't know, more realistically drawn characters or just more rigid? Because uh, back in 2004, yeah. when Incredibles came out, um, computer animation was just inherently more rigid. They couldn't go quite as cartoony with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you, I guess it's playing kind yeah. of on those classic superhero illustrations where you got the just very muscular, you know, square jaw and uh, and those perfectly formed features. Um, <clears throat> and then I think we're, we're starting to see even like Pixar uh, and, and Disney animation, I think, move away from that nowadays a little bit with things like Luca that's coming out. It's a very different style from anything we've seen um, from, from Pixar. Have you seen the trailers for that? Yeah, almost has more of a like a gravity falls rounded roundy face, but like yeah. I have, yeah. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, you know, it's becoming easier to really play with the styles, I think, because um just the technology has advanced. Um, right. Well, and they keep wanting to do photorealistic environments. Mm-hmm. And so the the if your characters look absurdly cartoony in these like photo real environments that probably will rub wrong i mean mm. like uh i don't know the even soul like the character design in soul what yeah. what do, would you compare that to is that more in the luca direction or more closer to the incredibles oh um yeah somewhere another movie i watched while nannying yeah somewhere Sorry. in between mm. yeah. Yeah, well, and I I mentioned kind of the color. Well, and just another movie I noticed mm-hmm. this exact thing was the Good Dinosaur. Oh yeah. Oh. The scenery at the beginning is so beautiful, and then the dinosaurs look, look dumb. like goons. <laughs> like goons, yeah. Like they're really cute, but it's so funny. Goons. Like it just. <laughs> I don't. I couldn't think of a better word than that. Like the, it just starts off with this beautiful scenery, and you're like, wow, look at. Look at this! Look at this animation. It's so great. And then the dinosaurs are like Gumby. That movie was so gosh darn lame. I I don't know. I think I'd have to rewatch it because I was working. But that that just struck me as a weird contrast in the animation there. It's, it's an odd. That's film. so true. Um, yeah. We had a guy. We had a, a very very quick tangent. Sorry. No, we had a, um in. I was at Northwestern studying animation at the time and. Uh, when I say studying animation, I could have learned so much, but I only studied it for about a uh, like a year and just barely scraped the surface. But man, an, an incredible program! I'd recommend. You it. did Go two whole semesters. Um, two two semesters, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I anyway, a guy, a Pixar guy who was working on Good Dinosaur came and talked all about the landscape and environments. Um, not much about story or anything like that. He really just kind of nerded out about the tech and the how many mm-hmm. the insanity and how impossibly hard and monumental it was to make water that looked like that or to make the wind on the mountains look real and just like th- this world that they had built for the movie in could have been like the, an open world for a video game mm-hmm. but just like on a scale that no one had ever seen before and then they and so like it was awesome to how excited they were about just the yeah. You know, you see a movie and you go, oh, cool, a new animated movie. And we just, you know, you have no appreciation for the amount of work and <laughs> firepower it takes to to create these things that. Oh, yeah. It, it was gorgeous. 
But then, was, yeah, the story was lame and the dinosaurs looked like goons. So there, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> it really does seem so casual when these things drop on, oh, hey, Netflix, there's a new animated movie out. Well, well maybe maybe I'll watch oh, it. On, maybe I won't. Or a series. On yeah. streaming. Uh, yeah, totally. Or, you know, in theaters even. But it's like, yeah, when you think about yeah. the amount of work and development that one of these things, it really is. Mm-hmm. It all feels disposable, but nothing that goes into it is disposable or treats it. There is disposable. There are disposable animated products out there. Um, (laughs) Like the third party knockoffs of major films that, you know, appear in Walmart or whatever. But, um, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, why? I was, I I was going to assume nothing of Mitchell's versus the machines because it was on Netflix. Uh, so Philip, was this, was this a Sony um, it, it, animated film that just didn't get yeah. major distribution for whatever reason? This should have been in theaters. You'd think. I think largely because of COVID. Um, and it, I think there was a trailer that was released at one point a teaser trailer announcing this was coming to theaters and at the time it was under the working title connected Uh, Mm. and you know sony has their own theatrical distribution so imagine they were just going to release it under you know the columbia label like like usual but then once netflix came in uh you know most of the things that netflix releases don't get theatrical distribution or wide theatrical distribution so um this ended up just being a full-scale blockbuster kind of animation endeavor on the level of something like spider-man into the spider-verse uh just happened to be released direct to streaming because netflix has just that much clout as as a distributor Mm. Mm. Um, but I think a lot of the animation actually may have been done at the same facility or company Sony Image Works, which is based in Vancouver they might have other satellites as well but they did a lot of the animation on mm. uh, Over the Moon so there's a shared DNA there as well and that was also Netflix so um and some stylistic similarity too Doss. have you guys seen over the moon i started to i think i have not okay i'm pretty sure i clicked it and then stopped watching but um i don't remember if that's the one i'm thinking there is unless there are there multiple moon animated movies on netflix um no no i don't think so uh but over the moon, we I talked about it with um, Jody and Hannah, and it's uh, yeah. and uh, uh, Lar or or who who was on that episode? I I think it was Jody, Hannah, and Lara, uh, Lara mm-hmm. Call, who um, is a sort of an aficionado aficionado when it comes to Glenn Keane. A uh, famous Disney animator who animated Ariel, mm. uh, and then he directed this movie, Over the Moon, um, as his debut feature. 
Um, and it's good. Oh. It was nominated for an Oscar. Hmm. Um, oh, yeah. I've seen it on Netflix many times, but never, never actually watched it. Okay. And that has like Tron comparisons that I brought up. I mean, I'm always going to bring up a Tron comparison if I, if I see it. <laughs> um, but th- this movie totally took that to 11. Um, so it was like, oh, well. Uh, yeah. I guess yeah there's a i think the tron fans the people who make it a cult classic are really in high places and they're trying to bring it back like they're trying to make people appreciate it more yeah i I think probably people who go into animation will inevitably have a uh special place in their heart for tron and what that movie accomplished for animation um, just on a technical level. Um, let's see. I have to remember not to click my, uh, <laughs> my mouth, like <laughs> click my tongue. <laughs> oh man. Uh, podcasting oh, professional, you know, misophonia. I do it a lot. It's one of my bad habits. And I have—is it misophobia? Uh, me, yeah, misophonia the... is like an aversion to um, certain mouth sounds. Like if you're eating okay. on that's my... that's me <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we got Danny McBride as Mick or Rick, uh, Rick Mitchell, My Rudolph as Linda, um, Olivia Coleman as—I mean, it, it wasn't. Uh, I should say Eric Andre as Mark Bowman, this tech entrepreneur. Um, but but yeah, that Olivia Coleman character, uh, pal, uh, is this Siri type. Um, I don't know if you saw that <laughs> wretched movie, Jexy. I mean, it, it was not, it, it was so, no, such a flash in the pan. Um, but it's about like, uh, rogue siri who's like horny for for adam divine jex jexy oh oh i remember shit. seeing the trailers for that one. Oh, weird yuck i don't like it already <laughs> but yeah that one looked very strange <laughs> it wasn't a surprise really when it was revealed that pal was the um perpetrator of yeah. the apocalypse mm-hmm. right I really liked the PAL logo. Mm. It looked a lot with the little smile it had under. It looked a lot like Amazon, I thought, which I thought was funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, ooh. Yeah, I mean. Throwing some shade at Amazon <laughs> here. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, um, I mean, I, I listened to uh, an interview with uh, Lord Miller and Mike Rianda, I think, during the interviews like brought up that this guy mark bowman's kind of like a cross between mark zuckerberg and um elon musk probably because the the cars and stuff what is what Uh, is the amazon guy's name again i can't Um, jeff bezos bezos that's right Mm -hmm. but yeah a lot lot of things that are very topical right now which is kind of cool that they were able to Mm -hmm. um yeah get this out you know, at, at such a relevant time. But I, right. I thought it was kind of funny, you know, you have references to older memes, like 
I, I mean, I think that's part of being an artist is like, you know how to incorporate things that aren't just trendy, but also from, from previous eras. And internet culture moves so fast. Um, mm -hmm. There was, she was working on that like Blue Danube pug video. Uh, and then her dad wanted to put on that mixtape of the two of them like singing Numa Numa together. And she was protesting yeah. that. She's like, ah, I'm, I'm a little old for this. But it's like, you're right. just putting together a meme from 2005 with your, you know, oh, yeah. why is the Rum Gone remix style video? Yes. That, yeah. And then another one of her videos had like the, was it the Neon Cat? Yeah, the Neon Cat. Yeah. It had that music in the background, but you're too old for the Rihanna version of Numa Numa. Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um what about like the apocalypse elements because this Ooh, movie good. doesn't take anything very seriously there there really aren't great stakes but uh you kind of just you know, sympathize with these characters overall so it doesn't it necessarily matter that they're in any serious peril but i don't know i mean it, yeah it would have been a lot more believable and i know believability is not something that probably matters with a film like this but it would have been a lot more believable if they didn't instantly capture all the human beings like the fact that the mitchells were literally the only family that they had not caught yet just i mean i there's no suspension of disbelief that they're going to make it anywhere under those conditions every single robot in the world out looking for them and the uh the camouflage road idea yeah okay she so the dad <laughs> didn't want to listen to any of her ideas they were actually all stupid all her ideas were bad um <laughs> camouflaging Aww. the car to look like the road when it worked the, for a second and <laughs> yeah these these computers don't have eyes like humans they track things with motion heat whatever yeah you know? like infrared oh, so, or yeah. whatever <laughs> they would have seen it they would have seen the the disguised car but... it was a fun gag yeah i i don't know maybe because yeah. this movie it's very meta of course so um, you know the, when they make a joke like disguising a car by wrapping it in a black tarp and painting two yellow lines you know straight down the middle of it and then driving down the middle of the highway you know hoping that you're on a section of road that has the two <laughs> solid bars yeah, uh, it's a light on that. <laughs> it's freshly paved, you know, for however many thousands of miles they're having to travel from oh, Michigan yeah. to Silicon Valley. Of course, they they don't necessarily have to go deep into Silicon Valley at the start because, like, the there's this kill code that the robots know, and so yeah. they stop at this mall and and like go to one of the pal stores and i thought they did that in in an intelligent way to like help raise the believability of the film because mm -hmm. when they were like oh we have to go from colorado to silicon valley the only human beings left on earth not captured i was like that no that's just stop no not gonna happen but they're like no don't worry we only have to travel 80 miles i was like oh well that's so much more tenable um mm -hmm. and the whole mall scene was a ton of fun um yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, that was um, awesome 
whether that you know it makes sense or not i don't i don't care you know the the furby um behold the twilight of man you know i'm yeah what in the world that was so funny the dog harvest has become (laughs) (laughs) i've i've never owned a furby i don't know i maybe had like a happy meal furby at one point but i never have either i don't think i have ever have either i think it was just before me did you have friends who like had it or anything no i think my cousins did maybe my cousins were also had those like trolls you know but yeah, I was. Uh, my mom probably also just didn't get them for me because she was like, Furbies are freaking weird. <laughs> They're kind of like gremlins. Uh, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Mogwai. Um, what's the. Get, get, uh, shoot. Gizmo is the, Gizmo. the main Mogwai. Um, and then there was sort of a gremlins reference. I mean, all the device the appliances come to life yeah because oh, they yeah. have the pals yeah, yeah the, the the operating system built into the appliances and and like the one something i don't know if it was like the um <laughs> the freaking tennis racket that was so hilarious oh yeah oh. <laughs> that even had it. it was a smart tennis racket the smart tennis racket yeah, honestly, one of the parts in the movie I felt like they were in the most peril was when the vending machines were shooting the pop cans at them. Oh, I was like, yeah. that hurt. Owie. Maximum <laughs> over, that's another 80s movie reference. Uh, maximum oh. Overdrive. Oh, funny. It was the one movie Stephen King directed. Oh, oh really? It, it didn't get good reviews, but mm. I, I mean, it's got very much a, a cult following and Sure. You know, Stephen King has this hilarious trailer that he narrates and he even appears in on camera. And he's like, well, if someone's going to make a Stephen King movie, might as well do it right. <laughs> Someone. Well. <laughs> implication being that he has to do it himself in order to do it right. Yeah. Fine. I'll do it myself. <laughs> um, and then he, he gunked it up apparently uh <laughs> yeah kind of um yeah. and then stay, stay in your lane but yeah there was like a, a device that got baked in a um a microwave hence the gremlins thing and then mm. of course immediately after that we see the the furby uh army attack uh yes yeah of course there's a um, a similar movie to maximum overdrive called uh chopping mall from the 80s as well kind of a b-movie oh my (laughs) and i think that was a reference to one of the george romero zombie films because there's one of those that's like primarily set in a mall um yeah malls are fodder for a lot of films like that and then there's the the dawn of the dead uh video game um kind of parody that takes place in the mall uh dead something i can't remember but yeah oh dead rising dead rising yeah yep yeah um yeah oh and and like the scene that was such a meta scene after they beat the furbies um also like they they only had to destroy the one router there would be more than one router to cover an entire shopping mall guys and why wouldn't that upload have been over a direct line instead of the freaking wireless system? 
<laughs> if they're trying to upload this kill code from uh -oh. from the uh, PAL store. Um, but it got interrupted when oh, they back. destroyed this one router. But of course, all the technology Ooh. in this is fantastical. And now I present tricking Rick Mitchell into kissing the dog. Behold. Ow. Dang it, Katie. Dang it, Katie. Hey, Dad, can you check the trunk? Yeah, sure. Dang it, Katie. Katie used to be my little buddy. <laughs> go on nature hikes, skip rocks. I gotta get that connection back. I know you can fix this. Okay, this is our last night together before Katie leaves for college. How about we put our phones down and make 10 seconds of eye contact. Starting, put your phone down now. No, you're allowed to blink. It's just eye contact. I'm alive, I'm Dad, why do you need all that to take me to the airport? I canceled your plane ticket to college. We are gonna drive you to school as a family. Mom, your father kinda went rogue on this. Aaron, you too? Could be cool to hang out. For hours in a car. That was interesting. Oh. Yeah, I kicked uh, you and brought you back in. And apparently it's still recording. My, my Wi-Fi is showing full bars now. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, um, so so hopefully uh, the recording wasn't too interrupting. What was the last thing you've heard me say? Sorry, I was going. You were talking about what happens after uh, the, the scene after. Yeah, the Furbies. Well, there's a scene of them walking away from the explosion. Oh, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And he's like, we don't have time to set up that. <laughs> the, you know, the shot of us walking away from an explosion. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. But they do it yeah. anyway. And so that was fun. And they use oh, that yeah. music, that song. What is that song? It's in everything. I can't remember. Just, just typical yeah. action movie song. Action movie music. There was a couple like Kill Bill references, I think, to that mm. soundtrack. Um, mm. I don't know. I when it comes to walking away from an explosion my my favorite example is actually from a video game as well uh in the jack and daxter series because i'm a sony you know playstation fanboy um i played all those games on ps2 and uh the fourth game is a racing game where the final cutscene involves the you know main protagonist jack walking away from the villain of the game who's like crashed and do you, you don't remember this at all do i you? never played jack x racing now yeah and like this this villain's like you have a habit of leaving people to die and jack's just like you get used to it and he walks away <laughs> the explosion in the wow. background <laughs> so oh, jack is as ba as it gets uh, um so I don't know what, yeah, what else? Um, Linda, the mom, she turns into Hela at the end from Thor Ragnarok, which is kind of yeah. fun. Um, that yeah. was cool because the mom raising, lifting cars when their children are threatened, powers got activated. Oh, yeah, I loved that. Uh, I like the simp bots, those were the wonderful. My queen, we will fight for you, my queen. You know the all the the advanced yeah. robots. Oh, the like black the orange geometrical ones. ones. Yes, that could, that, could, yeah. that were as powerful a technological robot as you can possibly imagine. That this family of misfits diced and sliced to be. Oh, yeah. hated, hated. I think I can say hated the 
when the father and daughter are flying through the air and the Numa Numa song starts playing mm. and then they start going full. I mean, that's just, it was so. They, they turn into so Goku. Easy. Yeah, flying through the air, up on bouncing off of each other, and you know, just doing pulling off insane aerial acrobatic stunts that are right. Whatever. That's what I thought was like slightly confusing throughout the movie. Realistically, like like gravity. Yeah, I get that they're very cartoony, and everything's very far fetched. And like, she'll do her little handshake with her brother, and two little dinosaurs appear. So like we're used to all that, but at the same time when they're driving around, I'm pretty sure I saw an A and W. Yeah. <laughs> so some of it was very realistic, but then sometimes people are being carried off in these floaty cubes. Why? And I was like, what is real? Why could the car know. drive all the way up the the ramp to to <laughs> just Biff's to be, tower? I guess because there was enough metal in the car to make it magnetic. Is Unless that what they, it was a magnetic thing? Okay. Did they make changes to the car to? make it more magnetic i i didn't see that no she's just driving and she's going come on come on and then it's like about to fall off but then it reattaches oh i don't remember why i must have missed a detail i must have too somebody shut something off or um no i I just think it's because yeah that ribbon of light that pull you know works as the elevator you know uses magnetism to keep the car um, oh, in place, right. and uh, <laughs> yeah, and then know. she got in a little argument with her dad or whatever, so she stopped um, pushing the lever forward to make it go forward, and then he was like, ah, and then she, oh yeah, that was <laughs> she let go of it, and then she started falling. Is that what you're talking about? No, well, they're they're no, well, that's the first that's time they're the driving up as a family in the in the they're in the roly poly capsule as a family, but yeah. then later at the end, she's driving the car and ramps the car up the up the ramp. Oh, right. But the the phone also wants her to succeed, doesn't it? Isn't she like baiting, like come on up to my? Uh, maybe so. Uh, so the end maybe so that she can drop Katie. Yeah, so that that makes mm-hmm. some sense. But gravity doesn't work. You know, gravity doesn't fall like it should yeah. Um, yeah. in this because yeah. like you know there's there's moments where you know a character's falling and while they don't hit the ground they'll come to just a sudden stop through the like the beam technology you know the mm. dad catches katie right before she hits the ground but it's like it's not like there's oh, any yeah. cushion there <laughs> no we would have uh, a gwen stacy situation on our hands right yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, rip. But, oh well, it's Ouch. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like the these uh, you know dysfunctional sort of awkward characters randomly develop super uh, powers essentially throughout the film, and I guess that's just the way the cookie crumbles in in this yeah. movie. Yeah, it's it's yeah. absurd. And like you kind of just gotta embrace that eventually. Like I don't know. I guess I wasn't sure if they were trying to go for a more like believable tone mm. until just kind of repeatedly it was like, oh okay, no no, this is this is full cartoon. Well, like, I'll I'll tell yeah. you maybe a uh, an analogy. It's like the Falcon, like the Falcon, like he's not a super soldier. So like, oh. how can he? 
<laughs> How can he catch Captain America's shield? <laughs> How can he be uh, the new Captain America if he's not super? And, and like they oh. explain, yeah. he trains really hard and he has this kind of super Iron Man suit and wings and things like that. So I guess he's just going to have to be kind of like how Spider-Man in like Homecoming and Far From Home becomes like the Iron Man, Spider-Man uh, Falcon mm. becomes like the the Iron he, Man. Does Captain Falcon America. keep his whole Falcon getup and just add the shield to it? Yep, pretty much. Okay, I mean, and, and why not? You know, it's like, oh, no, you can't. You have to pick which superhero you're going to be. Um. Well, and he doesn't. And the the costume doesn't have like a helmet, like his head's exposed. It's kind of oh yeah, an odd choice. Yeah. Um, that might be you know changed Blitz. in later iterations. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I haven't I haven't seen that anyway. But uh, yeah, um, I was gonna anyway. maybe mention a, a final sort of trope comment: the yeah. inciting incident of like the the PC breaking at the beginning. I don't know. That's that seems like oh. something that happens a lot in movies. Yeah. Uh, two characters. <laughs> it's kind of a forced moment of conflict. You knew what was going to happen for sure. Yeah. Um, there were there were some moments that really did where the, the awkward family tension was, was very palpable. And we like, yeah. it was just like, ooh, no, we don't like these feelings. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The breaking of the laptop. It's the goofy movie again. Mm-hmm. They literally do that same exact Things, what do they break? His, his, uh, his old teddy bear. Oh, that's so much worse. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, I know I've seen that many times. I couldn't think of too many specific examples. I mean, like when Anna takes Elsa's glove, is that's sort of oh, yeah. bad. Mm -hmm. Um when when Junior oh. Asparagus breaks his dad's bowling plate. <laughs> oh yeah. the bowling. No. <laughs> oh my no! gosh. Horrifying. Holy moly. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, it's fine. It. I I liked when Woody, is that how Woody breaks his arm? Never mind. Oh yeah, there's moments like that. That's kind of. Uh, oh, the the when he knocks Buzz out the window. Oh oh um, yeah, when Woody knocks oh, Buzz yeah. out the window, right? Um, and then the um, moment I I found this really relatable, like uh, Aaron's little playdate proposal to Abby. The neighbor girl oh, was, yeah. was really cute. I thought that was sweet. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I liked his little freakouts and, and rage. Um, yeah, they. I the director did talk about his development of that character and how it ended up sticking. Th that his voice just mm. kind of they weren't able to find an adequate replacement because he did mm. most of the scratch dialogue for all the characters. That's great. Um, Fair enough. But, but yeah, like the, this, they weren't able to find someone that had that same kind of pathos as the younger brother. And, and this mm -hmm. director also was like the younger brother in his family, too. So funny. And he kind of has yeah. like this, you know, almost um, fearful. Th I don't know, because he uh, he recorded a lot of scratch dialogue, you know, working long days, long hours, late nights. So there's a certain frailty to the voice. Frailty. Yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, it's awesome. You know, appropriate for a, a younger kid who's still kind of maturing. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Um, all right. Well, I mean, was this YouTube poop the movie, Dawson? YouTube poop the movie. <laughs> um, no, YouTube poop the movie will be so much better when that finally comes out. Um, <laughs> but I know that. I mean, that kind of is how I felt in the beginning. Just that that integration between a standard narrative structure and a crafted animated film being um, cyborged with internet um, internet fluff frills internet s ah I, well, gosh is this just internet and memes with memes okay, yeah memes. yeah there yep. you, go. you 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 inject memes into us uh, something that is nor and into the standard structure i think mm -hmm. that's the simplest way i have of putting it right now are are you on tiktok either of you you yes, certainly are I am. <laughs> did they mention tiktok in this no i don't think they do okay well they just allude to addiction to all things kind of i think mm -hmm. they do mention youtube a lot yes yeah i they probably needed permission for that i i know like ralph breaks the internet has a lot of recognizable brands in the background which i think you mentioned that that they were you said in this movie you felt like they were trying to do the ralph breaks the internet thing but couldn't get as yeah. many rights yeah it because i noticed the brands that they could show were super random like a and w and then in the mall there was like a what sees candies mm -hmm. and i was like oh. what is this because that's real I've never heard of and that. then i was like maybe they just Good couldn't eye. get it but i yeah i remember watching ralph breaks the internet and i was like how did they get all of these and then because i remember it's disney and well, they own everything <laughs> Yeah, and I, at first I thought the car, the station wagon here was the Ford, but it's not the Ford logo. It's just oh, some generic thing. Mm -hmm. um, but like, I I think if you are just using a brand in the background, it's kind of like a diegetic thing where um, you don't have to license it. You don't need clearance per se because it's just sure. it's something that you would see in real life. Uh, but... Mm -hmm. Of course, if it's an animated movie, it's like everything is deliberately placed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. It's, I'm. It's weird that they didn't just go all or nothing, like try to get all the brands or make fake versions of all the brands. Yeah. Because it was like they had A&W, but they didn't have McDonald's. They had fake McDonald's. Yeah. I remember the directors of Ralph Breaks the Internet um, saying that they didn't necessarily need permission to show all the logos, oh, okay. um, you know, unless some, it was like specific to the plot. Sure. Probably hmm. like free advertising, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, anyways. Um, so well, very quickly about the YouTube poop comment, like, mm -hmm. you know, I'll watch YouTube poop and love it and it'll be hilarious. There's just a clear and obvious distinction between a, a, five to 10, 15 minute YouTube poop video and a movie that you go to in the theaters to watch. But could we see long form YouTube poop, uh, post-modern surrealist, abstract, non-sequential structure? Could we just see long form YouTube poops basically? Like long form, long form TikToks, long form, random like Whoa. what was what was the video you show the one of oh uh finale where the guy about the planets 
Yeah. It's like a the short sketch where the planets <laughs> were all arguing and like trying to get it. There was a comet coming and then a guy was, you know, putting his eyes and lips over it, kind of like the angry orange videos from back in the day. Mm. I mean, but just like, I mean, funny, but just just like the there's there's something about the complete lack of narrative and yet there's still a narrative mm -hmm. at the same time that mm -hmm. it only works short form at least i think so but maybe they could they would just make a, mm. a, a, just a long nonsensical film i know surrealism already exists but not yeah. like comic okay maybe we should make this and this is how <laughs> it'll go it's it looks like a it'll be a, a phone vertically up and down and then uh -oh. it's just a screen it looks like a screen grab of just like scrolling through tiktok maybe but then all the tiktoks will be they'll say like yeah. very subtly throughout it'll just be like two hours of somebody scrolling through tiktok but all the different tiktoks will like lead towards some <laughs> kind of narrative it'll be very abstract and very modern oh, and the idea of going to a deep. movie and watching movie theater and watching <laughs> a film that's two hours of tiktoks somehow strung together it feels like it would be at some sort of festival and it would make me like poke my eyes out but yeah i'm yeah. big tough it'd be uh, like the sensory overload torture yeah the there's you know certain you know youtube poop it's a very niche thing on youtube it's basically where people splice up sentences and various clips to sound you know to basically make new sentences and yeah. usually they're yeah. very crude jokes uh but the fact that it's just coming from this very mechanical sounding yes so choppy poorly like mixed <laughs> oh. together in a editing software you know style uh it just makes and sometimes they tell a whole new story with it like yeah yeah mm -hmm. So like, yeah, CS188 is probably my favorite who's still active doing these types mm. of things. And usually it's like, it's some ad, some obscure, you know, commercial that he found on YouTube, he, you know, and uh, just has butchered it to death, making all kinds of crazy jokes within it. Um, and yeah. I don't see how you could really do that on a long form. Well, I definitely think like when I watched the things as YouTube poops of like Phantom of the Opera or even Into the Woods, it, like I don't want them to end. I'm like, no, just do the whole thing. Do the whole movie. Do the whole play like this. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I'd watch this. Yeah. yeah, it kind of feels like when you're in a play. I don't know. I feel like I've made this joke in almost every show I've ever been in. And you like say a line wrong in a very specific way and then you all laugh about it and then you go i think we should do that with the whole show and everybody's like yeah haha good joke but then like what if you actually did yeah there's something delightful <laughs> about watching like you know what into the woods is supposed to be and then watching it yeah. dismantled and turned into something else that's hideous and hilarious is like i don't know it's I really can. cathartic i guess there's plenty of parody shows out there so yeah, yeah. So. well as far as like feature films that incorporate a lot of creative editing um this mm -hmm. is one of the most skillfully done that i can think of um and i don't know um i i think of like when harry met sally that occasionally cuts away to like interviews of real people like real couples talking about how they met so that mm. so that plays with the editing a little bit um mm. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'm trying In to think. Five hundred days of summer, a little blue animated bird comes down to his finger. That's, that's and that's told yeah. out of order. That that movie's kind of it's. it's yes, yeah, told, yeah, that that's one's true. very creative too. They do similar things. I wonder if they kind of took that from when Harry met Sally. They they interview different couples and where'd you meet your soulmate and how'd you know she was the one that kind of thing. Mm, so true, true. They have some very creative editing too. But speaking of oh anime does this sorry i don't mean to interrupt you but like you know when anime will very rap suddenly change its whole form and shape and then little uh Mm. things will appear above their heads anyway this movie did it was basically doing that true the the vibrant like electric color scheme i I briefly alluded to earlier like kind of remind me of the uh, weathering with you and um your name art style Mm. the colors just super like turned yeah. up to a mm. high i don't know if you call that gamma or something where it's just it's like neon yeah right. um but uh i i'm probably way off base with my photography lingo and, and my last book oh speaking of photography <laughs> and this also ties into another meme but the generic photo the stock photo that was in the frame oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that was funny most random joke in the movie that i'm sure played <laughs> like uh just gangbusters for everyone who's seen this but it's yeah, just that like got me <laughs> why does this family have a stock photo <laughs> yeah it was so it's like weird. it's like the room tommy was so the room he had a random enough it felt like a new joke like i hadn't i haven't seen that in a movie yeah where they've and i left that uh, it was a real like a photo of real people it was real. not animated <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was it was unintentional in tommy Wiseau's the room oh okay. yeah here because they have like stock photo frames in in that film and i think they're oh just gosh. like random photos of spoons so oh like gosh. <laughs> people bring spoons to these midnight screenings that they hold around the country of the room oh, and like wow. when they come on screen they'll they'll throw them at the screen <laughs> oh wow it's like did, a rocky horror situation yeah it's yep. weird did That's the disaster hilarious. artist end those midnight screening parties of the room because no. the joke is like over now or not is it still going strong i'm sure it'll well, mm-hmm. I mean, Rocky Post-COVID. Horror still does it. So that's true. But no oh, one's yeah. no one's made the disaster artist version of Rocky Horror yet, right? Where they take the inside joke and then uh, and then draw attention to it. You know, maybe one day. Yeah. yeah. Have you done a podcast on the room? Nope. Uh, I mean, there's no animation. <laughs> oh, other, true. I mean, there's some weird green screen. And uh, I think that counts. <laughs> Just I, kidding. I guess uh, he Tom shot Russell's it pretty animated. He shot it simultaneously in digital and film, which was a, a innovative wow. choice at the time. Did he really <laughs> did he interchange scenes in digital and film then, or was he like he always had two cameras going? One, I guess he always had two cameras going, and I don't, oh, I have not seen the movie, so I haven't noticed. That's funny, wow. <laughs> Pretty okay. All right. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up our talk on the Miller, the the Mitchells, the Mitchells versus the machines. Um, any final thoughts, guys? Um. Yeah, I think no. it was a super fun movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
yeah, it made me feel old, even though I'm not that old, but it's a, it was a good time. It made me afraid of the future. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's bizarre and, and eccentric and, and, you know, a lot of times, yeah, these wacky cartoon shows that are out nowadays for the kids on like Cartoon Network, things like Adventure Time, Gravity Falls, the regular show. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else is that? The bubble gum, the cat. Oh. Uh, like oh. just so many off the wall creations that I'm sure have plenty of merits unto themselves, but. I, I don't always have the easiest time engaging with these things. I love Rick and yeah. Morty. I'll cop yeah. to that. Um, I don't watch the family. I, I'll watch Family Guy montages on YouTube and laugh my mm. ass off. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I just, there's so much. Uh, and so I much. guess it's, there's it's so much. Wow. It's great, it's great words, comfort man. viewing. I'm watching The Bad Batch right now. I, I'm probably going to watch that show <laughs> Invincible because everyone's talking about Everyone's it. like, yeah, it um, seems pretty good. I d- dude, no, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. Like, I don't, does anyone else just feel overwhelmed by the amount of content that exists? Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Um, I guess I. Is there a word for it yet? Like content glut? I don't know. Gluttony is the sin of the age. Content uh, fatigue. Content fatigue. Content fatigue is something, good. I yeah. think there is something like that, actually. I, I don't know. I'm sure well, there is. I There's nothing I can do to change it, so I just don't worry about it. Any, like, I try to uh, deliberately practice uh, keeping my distance from any feelings of, like, FOMO or sh- guilt or mm. shame. You know, That's have, yeah. Um, oh sure and and i don't i don't think that's i don't mm, well it's not like shame about myself it's almost like i don't even but i think even the overwhelmingness of it can detract from even the desire to to even engage with it to begin with Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, that's a huge, definitely really good point. For example, when we're done here, you have something you would like to do. And okay. I'm like thinking I should go find a new show to watch. But even that task is extremely daunting to me because <laughs> there's just yeah. so many things that people have said. Oh, this is really good. You should watch this. You should watch this. You should watch this. The war for our attention. I have attention. no idea what to do. Yeah, I have what, no idea what to pick. And because we want to make sure that what we do pick is the most worthwhile out of it or like, you know, the best. And so you want like, and then, but whose recommendations do you trust? I mean, like Cobra Kai is at the, is very high on the list of like, you know, it's universally recommended. Um, But there's a lot of, and then there's things that are trending right now that, you know, there's, and then there's so many things within genre too, like fantasy. At one point there was no such thing as a fantasy TV show. And now there are, there are plenty and it's like, but, and then some of them are just absolute garbage. And um, (laughs) yeah. Uh, yeah, or end up pooping on you and in the end and then you just feel like you've been you've uh, wasted been your time completely beaten on the butt i don't know yeah so i i'm trying not to lose my appetite entirely but that's you know, probably good just not not be too overly discerning I'll, I'll throw something on and if it you know maybe watch a few episodes if it doesn't hook me then move on to something else yeah, yeah. um yeah no pressure no no pressure Uh, yeah it's like marvel phase four i'm sorry i (laughs) y'all keep going i'm 
Go on without. Go on without me. <laughs> you can I've always catch up later. Yeah. I can't. Well, <laughs> that'll be true. a daunting task. But yeah, I mean, it's harder um, with TV. Certainly, movies you can kind of catch up on things. But yeah, yeah. Like I kind I wanted to watch Wandavision, but now I'm like, no, it's gone. Like it, it was on a train, and yeah. now that train is way back in the distance. Yeah, and you missed. You missed the peak where everyone was yeah. watching it, so you can't even go like relate with people online. They're and, like, yeah, I already watched that. And you yeah. hear how it ends, and then you go, well, I'm not sure I even want to go on that journey. Right. Um, like, so, <laughs> my this is my philosophy. If if something seems like it's offering up something. I can't really get anywhere else. Like it scratches a certain itch, like a certain new like way of understanding reality or the world, or it's, it's offering a new take. Um, then I'll, I'll probably stick with that. I'll, I'll want to check it out. Um, but if it seems like something, you know, the same story that's been told many times and it's not really offering anything new, uh, then I feel like I can skip it. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. That makes sense. Fair enough. Yeah. Unless it's something that's really up my alley and is kind of comfort yeah. viewing. So right. I they're on the Netflix preview for the new fantasy show like Shadow and Bone or whatever. I just assume it's gonna be bad because it's a new fantasy show and it's on Netflix. So like assumption bad. But then in the preview, they had Ben Barnes hmm. acting in a scene with and he's the Prince Caspian actor. And I haven't seen him in anything since Prince Caspian, and he's awesome. And it's like that's the first time I've ever an actor has like mm -hmm. made me want to watch something in mm -hmm. I don't know how long. Like, although <laughs> Tom Hardy is the only reason I want to watch Venom, um, but yeah. even like he's not enough to like make me sit down and watch Venom. So mm -hmm. I don't I don't know. Yeah. But that's... if that is enough, then that's great. I feel, you know, yeah. Ben Barnes is in the show. I mean, I might not like everything about it, but he's compelling so yeah i gotta give ben it you yeah i'm gonna say jillian oh uh, yeah i've been trying to watch the most recent season of the crown and i have been putting oh, that yeah. off for a very long time but and i'm like trying to get myself to watch it and the thing is that's getting me to is helena bottom carter hey, so yeah. nice we'll see if i actually do end up watching it okay well we so, uh, yeah fun chat about content chat. here and yeah. uh, content people yeah who haven't been listening hopefully we're not distracting you too much from your life uh feel free to <laughs> you know have us on in the background and you know no obligations here but man i mean it feels good to just kind of chat with you guys dawson and jillian yeah this has been really fun thank you so much jillian i, I love to have you on anytime you want thank you, you um, thanks for having me it was what, super fun it do you want to uh I don't know, plug yourself, uh, social media or anything like that. If not, that's fine. I am on the social medias. Um, I don't really do anything with them. So <laughs> TikTok, you made one. I made a one single TikTok. Go watch it if you want. It's mostly Dawson. All it's, right. Yeah. Do you have a handle? Um, Jillian May Johns, J-O-H-N-S. Okay. Dawson, you uh, have a sign off. Go check out um, Hidden Falls on uh, yeah. Hidden Falls Film on Instagram. Absolutely. And, uh, pilot episodes coming out soon. Yep. Yeah. We're both in that. And then um, for if you're, uh, nope, I had <laughs> nope, never mind. Um, I was just gonna ask Philip if you were planning on playing the new Resident Evil game because I know you're a, a fan of the series. Oh. 
I mean, I have but you have only played, played up until last. four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I've played none except for seven and eight now. So, yeah, I I don't know. Um, I still need a PS5 uh, so I can play Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Oh. <laughs> mm. Um, mm. But other than that, it's, you know, I've been just like binging on Ratchet and Clank stuff lately, like developer commentaries and you know youtube retrospectives including like one retrospective that was like five hours long you're it's, kidding me uh, it's the most surreal th- it's a legit video essay it's not just like uh you know it's not just vomiting out fact random facts about the series this is like this person's genuine like oh, emotional arc oh my word of going through the series it's the most beautiful thing ever because like these are the kinds of videos I eat up on YouTube and it's five hours worth of this thing, oh uh, which I, you know, what better present, of course. And it's nice that YouTube saves your progress, you know, as you're watching through a video. So you Essential can, these days. Yeah. Pick it up, you know, as you come and go. Um, but yeah, that does it for the Thoughtcast conversations about animation. Thank you so much, Jillian. Thank you, Dawson. And uh, I'm, yeah thank, you, yeah thank you yeah. and uh thanks to the listener um you find me at philip elke on twitter and instagram you find the thodcast at thodcast.com at thodcast on twitter and instagram uh, we're on soundcloud we're on itunes uh, apple podcasts google podcasts spotify stitcher or, and the like um and may you all have a magical day have a wonderful week and warm hugs. <laughs> <laughs>